Hey, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of the Ready for Polyamory podcast. As always, my name is Laura Boyle, and I'm your host. Uh, I'm also the writer of the Ready for Polyamory blog, which you can find at readyforpolyamory.com. Today, we're going to be talking about unicorn hunting and unicorn hunters. If you spent any real length of time in the polyamorous community, you've probably heard a lot about not unicorn hunting, about how to have a triad without unicorn hunting, and whatever. Today, we're going to examine these topics uh, with a little bit of a sort of skeptical eye. We're going to talk about the concept of unicorn hunting and unicorn hunters and what is a unicorn, right? Because I find that even though these words come up a lot, and even though you can't go into a polyamory discussion group without somebody throwing the link unicorns are us into a conversation, it's something where we jump so quickly to judgment that I think folks don't actually talk about it that often. So let's talk a little bit about what this is, why folks desire this as a dynamic, and what actual healthy ways to get something like this dynamic are like by the end of the sort of episode and conversation. So let's start by disambiguating some terms. Unicorn has a different meaning in polyamory than in swinging, and because of the overlap between these communities, there's sometimes confusion. Because folks can happily be a swinging unicorn, which is any solo female willing to have sex with a couple, um, especially on a sort of negotiated ongoing basis, but they might not be happy to be a polyamorous unicorn, which is any bisexual woman entering into a romantic and sexual relationship with both halves of an existing hetero couple, normally with the couple setting rules of engagement and those rules including her exclusive relationship with the couple. Right, So you can see how there's a pretty strong difference between those two, and it's not just that one includes romance and one doesn't, it's that there's an exclusivity implied, it's that it's not just occasional repetition, it's sort of continual ongoingness as well as exclusivity, um, and that there's a level of control implied in the general polyamorous use of unicorn that's part of why folks view it as a more toxic dynamic or a less advantageous dynamic, a not positive term, although equally sort of fantastical and something that you're not actually going to find, right? So where unicorn as a fantasy term uh, is used in a very positive way in the swinger community, and so folks coming out of the swing community may be like, of course I'm a unicorn. Like, that's my role in that community. They'll then come into polyamory and find that that has a very different implication here. So... That being the case, considering that difference in terminology, it's not surprising that the polyamorous community generated the term unicorn hunters for folks who are mostly or entirely looking for uh, bisexual women uh, who, who want to be with both halves of a couple and who, with or without using the word unicorn for it, may not be self-aware enough to sort of realize that the way they're doing this is problematic, right? We use unicorn hunters not usually for people looking for a triad in a ethical way, a deliberate way, or um, a way where they're willing to engage as individuals with a third person, but where they're setting rules like, you must engage with both of us at the same time, all of the time. Uh, the two relationships have to proceed exactly apace, People who have very strong veto rules in place, right? These are the kind of 
stereotypical unicorn hunter that folks imagine when they say unicorn hunter. And now no one ever wants to admit that the way they're dating might not be the most respectful or the most humanizing of a new partner who they're seeking. And most unicorn hunters are folks who are new to the community who are suffering from a lack of information or a lack of sort of self-awareness and have a very mononormative worldview that says that protecting themselves as a couple, as a relationship, as a unit, is more important than any new relationship they might form. And this isn't always entirely their fault. It's a cultural predisposition that they haven't taken the time to deconstruct yet, right? So while we as polyamorous folks often feel like that's a really important first step that everyone needs to have taken, it's very natural that folks who are new to this might not have done this yet, right? As much as I'm someone who has literally written a book on this and who was someone who immediately found everything that I could read on this topic and devoured it, I'm also someone who does that about everything in my life, right? I found out that I was pregnant and immediately bought three baby books and read them all. I know this is not everyone. I know this is not normal. I know that most people don't go out and buy three textbooks on every topic that happens in their life, right? So most people aren't given great sort of relationship background information. And so most people don't go, oh, I'm thinking about opening up our relationship. Let's buy four books on polyamory and figure that out. So it's not surprising that they go, let's figure out what we want to do for an open relationship and then immediately have deconstructed all of this mononormative programming that says, let's protect our relationship. Let's focus on our connection over whatever we might be building. But to do this, to date as the couple and a third in scare quotes, puts the newer partner at a disadvantage and makes little or no attempt to sort of mitigate those disadvantages. There are ways to conduct triad relationships ethically and in a straightforward manner that mitigates those disadvantages that puts real effort into seeing each of the three people involved as an equal partner. And we'll talk about those in just a few minutes. But first, let's look at what if you're a single person dating who is open to dating both halves of a couple or people who are currently partnered who might be dating as a couple or not, and it's not clear in their profiles. What are some sort of flags to look for on dating sites? If you think a profile might be trying to unicorn hunt. First, the words package deal. An unwillingness to sort of ever meet or date separately is often kind of a red flag. You can consider that like orange or yellow and sort of poke at it because some people just like that phrasing and they don't realize what it sounds like, but it's not great to view yourself as only part of a unit. Second, uh, any lead-in in a profile that includes the phrasing who will just watch to start with, because it's very objectifying um, and I find that a lot of unicorn hunters are people who are just starting out who might have been better off swinging first because most of their interest in an open relationship is purely sexual, but they don't want to admit that because of cultural shame around sex. Um, so instead of admitting that they'd like to swing a little, they say, 
oh, well, I've heard of polyamory and we're going to try that. We're going to have a relationship with this third person. So hints that that's what folks are actually looking for Um, or saying like, you know, using a front of one partner or the other and saying, you know, we'd prefer if you were into both of us. But if you're not, the other partner can just watch to start is a very flaggy thing. Any reference to uh, very much looking for only bisexual cisgendered women and very much narrowing down their dating pool and showing that they're looking for exactly a role and rather than a person is a flag. Uh, The phrase, share a woman. People are people, not objects, and you cannot share them. This one, I think, is a little controversial um, because some people consider it just a matter of how folks talk. But referring to people as the female or a female. I know sometimes it's like semantics or how folks talk. But guys, it is dehumanizing. Female is an adjective and not a noun. Don't do it. Don't accept it from people. Um, a profile that's just a list of requirements that lists like a job posting for the potential third. Uh, Claire of Polly Pages had a great series on her TikTok where she did, is it a unicorn hunter's bio or a tech startup ad? And guys, they were hard enough that people got it wrong a lot of the time. (laughs) Like, a lot of the time. Here's a couple that I thought were really funny from that series. <clears throat> Must be able to meet up with both members of the dynamic and operate a first in, uh, a last in, first out policy. Uh, that one was a tech startup, but more people voted that it was a unicorn hunter. That's how similar those bios often are. This one a chill, laid-back, California-based, 420-friendly, seeking a new addition for the first time, exclusive hours only, no moonlighting. That one had more votes for unicorn hunters, but also was a tech startup. Guys, I don't know if we need to teach tech startups to write their ads better, or if we need to teach unicorn hunters to write their bios better. Either way, I'm not... I'm not here for it. So, like, humor aside, if you're a polyamorous person who wants to seek a triad with your partner, like you're already partnered, how do you do that ethically? From my point of view, the most important thing is that you already have done some of the work to deconstruct a mononormative mindset. And the best way to have done that is to already have done some dating separately ahead of time. I don't think triads are really a good idea for new people. Um, Except if they form by accident. But really, because the answer is that they need to form independent relationships with the new person. And you need to be okay if only one of those relationships ends up sticking or when they inevitably grow at different paces. If you can't date alone or spend time with the person alone 
or if you have if you're unwilling to have the relationship of one partner continue if the other doesn't then you aren't sort of ready to be doing this because dating as a triad can be really unbalanced all three relationships between our sort of imaginary protagonists here Alicia Bob and Carol are going to grow at their own pace and our established relationship between Bob and Carol might struggle if Bob and Carol are jealous of each other's different sort of rates of speed or kinds of intimacy achieved in new relationships with Alicia. And trying to spend tons of time all together to artificially force the relationships to stay at the same pace instead artificially increases the intimacy of whichever relationship is best at asynchronous communication, really, in a modern era, right? Whoever has the most similar schedule and most similar ability to do phone calls or texts outside of the time you're together will have more time to form vulnerability and intimacy if you're all spending the other time together equally. And that will still feel equally bad and equally jealousy-inducing, or if you then put an artificial cap on that, whoever wants to be spending more time doing that stuff will feel resentment for the remaining additional partner. None of it's a good scene. It just isn't ideal. I have a blog post uh, on the blog about how new triads are just sort of relationships on hard mode because it's not just the three relationships between A and B, B and C, and C and A, but also the relationship of the three of you together. And none of these are going to grow at the same pace as one another, right? And they're all going to be unique. And so in general, I just don't recommend this as sort of first or very early non-monogamous relationships, because if you're doing them in a way where you're being self-aware and approaching your mononormative conditioning honestly and going, okay, we're going to really let these relationships with Alicia, our new partner, grow into whatever they're going to be. We're not going to put a ton of uh, externally imposed rules on her. We're going to let our own connections with her grow as we want. You're going to run into every possible polyamory pro problem like up close and personal at the same time as all of the problems of like, quote unquote, not being able to get a date or whatever, but taken even more personal because the person you want might be doing the things you want to be doing with your spouse or your partner, right? Like, it's a challenge, guys. And it's like an emotional gut punch if you're watching the person you want to be with be with someone else you love. As opposed to just the standard of having to already learn to deal with jealousy while your partner's off on a date that you're not on. It's like a whole notch turned up. So either you're doing the standard growing pains turned up a little wiggle, which it can be turned down a little because you have the compersion, or it can be turned up because it's harder if your relationship is the one growing slower. And sometimes that leads to all kinds of insecurities for people. Uh, in my post, I talk about how often in relationships, we have one partner who tends to grow relationships more quickly than the other. And so this person who normally grows relationships more quickly will grow their relationship with the new person more quickly. 
And the person who is typically more hesitant will remember that they grew their relationship with the hinge more quickly, but they're now growing it more slowly with the new person because both they and the new person normally prefer growing slowly. So just on an organic basis, they like going kind of slow. They're having a good time and something that they wouldn't be insecure about, they're now insecure about because they're watching the new partner go quickly with the shared partner, right? So there's all these opportunities for like getting in your own head that are hard to deconstruct, totally possible to deconstruct, but hard to deconstruct. It just, it's challenging. I think dating separately is just in many ways simpler. And so I kind of recommend doing your growing pains not all together. <laughs> if you want to, and you find someone who you both want to do this with, go ahead, right? I'm not going to ever tell someone to not proceed with relationships you all want to be in. But like, it can give this sort of... Also, if you're not super self-aware and you're not progressing, trying to deconstruct these things and you are spending a ton of time all together and sort of artificially creating this thing where you're all moving together through the steps of the relationship escalator, it can create a kind of false sense of control and sameness that doesn't help with all of these deconstruction senses, a sort of monogamy plus one sense of the world. Um, and that's reinforced a lot by the media portrayal of triads where you see all of these people who it's like, well, we met a third and then we all got along super well and eventually they moved in with us, right? Like, and now we all live happily ever after together and eventually we're going to form a family. Isn't that adorable? And while that's amazing and wonderful for those people when it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And so if you're one of the people for whom it doesn't, it can feel like you're really failing at doing polyamory at all. And when it's one of your earliest relationships, that can be really disheartening in a way where setting yourself up for a different style of relationship and giving yourself permission to go, this is a new style of relationship we're trying. We can have some growing pains. I can have some growing pains. This is like being very young again. This is like high school and my early 20s again. I can do some experimenting and it's okay. I just need to disclose to my partners that that's where I'm at. And I feel like that's a lot more ethical when you're not also going, and we have all the privilege and power and this third person we're bringing in doesn't have any. Right? You string along people a lot less when you don't also add a power dynamic on top of it. But in general, the answer to all of this is to figure out what you want and what you need. Be honest about it. Because the biggest thing about these unicorn hunting profiles is that the one thing you can grant them is that they're honest most of the time, right? Like, whether or not you like them, whether or not you want to date them, they most of the time are very upfront about exactly what they're looking for. It's easy to sidestep unicorn hunters. They're not the bait-and-switch people. The bait-and-switch people are the ones who say they're dating alone 
And then when you're arranging the meetup for the first date, include a message like, is it okay if my husband comes along? Those people are way worse. Way worse. But like, no matter what you're doing, be upfront. Think about whether you're the person in a position of power and privilege. Think about what it looks like to you and what you're aiming to be at in terms of like what you're trying to grow towards in this relationship is love the goal is fun the goal hopefully both I mean for me it's usually both like be loved give love have a wonderfully human and complex experience figuring out what you want and need in relationships whether that's a triad or not right because sometimes it will be and I think it works better if it's something you come to organically, right? If each of you is trying to have a relationship and you happen to have those with the same person, it can be a really beautiful experience. I have friends who have been in triads for five, ten years at a time, and they've had great experiences. But I've also had friends who have had them blow up really dramatically Usually because they're the person who's on the outside where the rules are suddenly changed on them. Where all of a sudden there's a veto. Where, well, don't you know that protecting us as a couple is more important? Right? And these kinds of issues of privilege and power and the imposition of the same are really not fair to anyone, but also don't help the people who are in the couple to learn anything about communication and relationships and growth. So if you, as a person, want to learn those skills and be better prepared to engage in future honest relationships, and you want to be in a position where more people will want to date you, because that's one of those things, is you see people coming into polyamory groups going, why can't we get dates? Well, because the thing you're advertising for is the thing that lots of polyamorous people fear on dating sites. It looks like you're asking for a relationship where you set all the rules and they set none. <laughs> Just make sure that you're advertising what you actually want most of the time. And it'll work out. Probably. Or at least, people will know what you're looking for, and then you'll get what you ask for. That's my two cents on that one. Thanks for listening to my uh, extended two cents on <laughs> unicorn hunters, uh, unicorn hunting, and how to have ethical triads. Uh, we've got a lot going on in December and January at Ready for Polyamory. Uh, we're going to have podcast episodes straight through the end of the year weekly. Um, we've also got new classes coming up in January, which are open for registration now. Um, the January 9th Polyamory 101 class, uh, the tickets are available on my Ko-Fi shop, um, and Polyamory 101 is like the introduction to different uh, consensual non-monogamy concerns you might have. It's sort of disambiguation of polyamory versus other kinds of consensual non-monogamy. A lot of the like vocabulary things that people usually worry about when they first start, like what the heck's a metamor and all of that, um, is polyamory for me and what are some ways to figure out what I actually want out of relationships. What boundaries do you sort of need in romantic relationships and how might they need to shift when relating to more people? Common issues around jealousy, uh, 
navigating dating at a different pace than your partners and what are coping mechanisms for common bumps in the road and like practical issues of turning these ideas about boundaries and needs into relationship agreements uh, as well as like what are relationship check-ins why might scheduling them help maintain the health of relationships on january 23rd we're running uh, beyond the kitchen table which is my class on intentional relationships with your metamors and uh, whether or not parallel polyamory might be appropriate for you basically i've never been a person who thinks that kitchen table is like the holy grail of polyamorous interaction but for a lot of the time that i've been polyamorous that's been very much the prevailing uh, philosophy right so while that relationship style works really well for lots of people and while it's great when you happen to get along with everyone in your polycule structures that fall outside of a kitchen table framework can be equally positive and healthy so the class is on how to build a like healthy parallel framework with your metas and with your partner's help uh, so it's how to be entwined in someone's life but not super close with your metas what stepping off the relationship escalator really means in practice how to negotiate negotiate wanting different levels of interactions than your metas do um, maximizing personal responsibility and minimizing stress on individual members of a polycule but especially on hinges and because like hinges do take more emotional labor on in parallel structures than in kitchen table structures <laughs> and we'll talk about why that is um, and a little sort of side note in that on balancing DS concerns with poly concerns because I come from a kink background and one of the reasons that people want parallel sometimes is uh, comfort or discomfort with different people's uh, relationship styles including those concerns and each of those classes is $15 to attend they're running digitally um, and so it's you know $15 for as many of you as you can fit around the computer monitor um, or 20 for both and those are all in the Ko-Fi shop the link is in the uh, show notes but also we've got um, as usual the book is available on Amazon and that links in my link tree um, or uh, the blog is going to be continuing to get updated regularly I've got a really interesting post going up tomorrow about uh, a new book that I got in the mail that is uh, that I'm reviewing uh, that I think you guys might find kind of interesting. And we've also got a couple of little holiday surprises that are coming up in the next week or two that I hope you guys will stick around and find out about. So be well, and I will speak to all of you next week.